Be confident. Be bold. Be authentic. But don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass, episode number 193. In this episode, you're going to hear from Krista Elza. Krista talks about health and mindset. She helps ambitious women have more energy, hormone balance, and gut health by solving the root cause, the root cause of whatever their health problems are. So Krista and I, we talk about boundaries, burnout, how to avoid burnout, and what the health foundations are. So if you're interested in improving your health, getting more healthy, definitely those health foundations will help you out. So listen to this episode, and I would love to hear on Instagram. Take a screenshot of this episode and let me know what you think. I'm at Ordinary to Badass, both on Instagram and Facebook, and it means the world to me. When I hear feedback from you, when I hear that this is helping you, that you're having takeaways, that you're implementing it in your life, I want to hear about it. It makes me all warm inside. (laughs) Um, But seriously, hit me up on Instagram or Facebook at Ordinary to Badass and let me know what your takeaways were. Let's get to the episode. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I am so glad you're here. Today's guest is Krista Elza. Krista, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to have you on the show. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So before we go any further, I've got to ask, do you consider yourself ordinary or badass? 100% badass. (laughs) I love it. Own it. Yeah. (laughs) Have you always felt that way? No. No, I think um, it's a it's a work in progress, right? Especially as you're stepping into something new, as I have over the past year and a half, stepping into my own uh, business, my own practice, and that's when a lot of things come up, and you question: Do I have what it takes to do this? Um, do I have what it takes to make a name for myself amongst people doing the same thing? So it is definitely sometimes a daily, you know, affirmation that. I'm a badass and I have a purpose and, um, yeah, I would say it's a process and it, and it's a daily, daily routine to remind yourself of that. So do you have anything that you say to yourself in those moments when you feel down? I do. I have three words that I say, and I remind myself that I'm powerful, that I'm confident and that I'm a loving human. And that really helps remind myself of who I truly, truly am, despite how I may feel that day. Yes, I love that. I know I used to every day, I used to be like, I am strong, I am capable, I will survive, I'll never give up. And I had to say that to remind myself that those things were true. Yeah, I even have um, a little thing on my phone, you know, I just created my own wallpaper there. And it says, I am capable. And I am persistent. 
and just reminding myself of that, you know, there's, there's kind of affirmations everywhere that you look that you kind of, we do, we need reminders of who we really are because we're all so powerful. We just, we just forget. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, to be yours. You heard it from Krista. Make sure to have a <laughs> wallpaper or have it somewhere where you can see it. These reminders that you're a total badass. So I love that. For sure. So, yes. Krista, can you share a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So, um, I am a nurse practitioner. I started out as a registered nurse in the year 2000. I worked in critical care for quite a few years and had three kids moved, traveled around my husband's military or was, and, uh, at the time. And once we kind of settled in, I went back to school, became a nurse practitioner. And my first job was in a clinic where we focused on weight loss and hormones. And what I was learning there was that I was kind of band-aiding the issues that they were coming in with. And they were coming in with, oh, I'm so tired. I can't lose weight. I can't sleep. I have anxiety. Um, and that really got me curious of what else is out there. Like, how else can I really help these patients? And so um, I found functional medicine, which is really the study of root cause, fell in love with it, um, got trained and certified in that, and a year and a half ago left the clinic setting to start my own virtual practice. And so now I work with all of my clients online around the country, serving them with, um, you know, functional medication, functional lab work that you really don't see a lot of in conventional settings. Um, and that really just helps us to get to the root cause of why they're having fatigue or, um, the weight gain, anxiety, um, gut issues, <clears throat> that kind of thing. And so uh, it also allows me a lot more time to spend one-on-one -on -one with my clients. I'm not rushed with the 15 minute in and out. And that helps me to feel like I'm actually doing my job and serving people the way that I want to. So take us back to a year and a half ago, um, maybe even a little bit over a year and a half ago when you were considering leaving your job and what did that feel like for you? Was it a tough decision? Was it an easy decision? It was terrifying. <laughs> Um, it was terrifying. I, you know, you have consistent money, you have support all around. So when I was there, I didn't own the clinic. And so I wasn't responsible for hiring someone to market and I wasn't responsible for uh, the bottom line. Right. And so in that sense, it was kind of easy. It was like a push play. You just go to work, you do your job, you go home, you get a paycheck. And so the idea of leaving that and generating uh, money generating people that I, that I can serve. I mean, that was terrifying. And I think it was kind of in the works on and off for about six months before I finally, I mean, I felt for a long time that I was sort of standing on the edge. I mean, this is literally the vision I had in my mind. Like I was standing on a plank at the end of a plank and I was, I wanted to jump, I wanted to go, but it's just, it's a little terrifying because you don't quite know, how am I going to land? How's this going to work? And so was it easy? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, and, and it's been, but it has been so fulfilling. And I think when we do things that are scary and that are risky, we start to tap into the deeper part of ourselves where we, that's where we start to realize our power. We start to tap into it because we have to, there is no push play button. Right. right. And um, it's been a wild ride. It's been very fulfilling. What did you learn about yourself through that process? I learned that I can do hard things. And I know that's kind of cliche, but um, 
you start to get used to being uncomfortable and, and realizing that action, taking action towards something that might be scary, like starting podcasting, right? Like that's not something I was doing a year and a half ago. Um, little scary the first time you do it, but the more you do something like that, like really putting yourself out there, whether it's showing up, showing up on social media or doing something in person and, and sharing what you offer or getting on a podcast, you realize it's not as scary once you're there. And oftentimes our brain lives in the past or the future. It's the present moment that I've learned really holds peace and um, my ability to step to the next level, right? Because the present moment, like I'm not, I'm not scared talking to you right now. Um, but before I'd ever done this, I might be afraid because of the future, because I'm, I'm focusing too much outside of the present moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, and then I think it's also a confidence thing. It's like confidence doesn't come easily, especially when you're starting something new, you know, it's like a muscle, you got to keep flexing it. You got to keep working on it. Um, and when you try something new, that's when it's easy to completely lose your confidence, but that's the importance of practice and trying it out. It is. And I think a lot of people trying to do the next thing, we tend to be perfectionists, right? We tend to want things to be a certain way. And then we hold ourselves back because we're afraid, well, it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. And, um, sometimes you just have to do the thing and you realize and, and be okay with it not being perfect. And that was also a struggle. And something I learned about myself is that, um, a lot of times people don't even know that it's not perfect. (laughs) You're just doing the thing and they, and they're there for it. Right. And so allowing yourself to take messy action it's also something that I've learned and has been so beneficial to making progress instead of just sitting in my head, wishing, wanting something to change. Yeah. And I think that's a great point. People don't know when you make a mistake, you know, they're not seeing every little thing. And plus you're the expert. You're the one that knows how it's supposed to be. And people listening are usually there to learn. Right. So they're not going to necessarily know if you make a little mistake. Yeah. And in my world, in the world of health, um, you know, sometimes I think, oh gosh, am I serving them enough? Am I, you know, most people don't know because I'm an expert in something. Most people don't know even the basics of of that. And that's true for any area that you're an expert in. Right. And we take for granted, (laughs) we think that, oh, maybe I'm not, you know, this imposter syndrome comes up. Um, but actually you're way ahead. You're way further along than you think that you are because we're surrounded by the world of whatever we're an expert in. And so we're constantly, at least for me, I compare myself to people who are, you know, better known or how stand on a bigger stage, or you compare yourself to that, but that's not, um, that doesn't take away what you can offer other people. Yeah, absolutely. And to kind of, to your point, or to further it, it's almost like, okay, you see these big names, these big people on stage, like say Dr. Oz or something, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, yeah, they're doing something great, but not everybody can relate to that person. And somebody right. needs to relate to where you are right now, you know, and they could probably relate to that better than somebody else who has been at the game a little bit longer. I think that every stage of the journey, we often forget that it's so needed um, for people to show up at every stage of the journey. For sure. And, and each one of us offers something different. We're so unique. And so 
you know, I, I may attract a different clientele just simply because of being me, being authentically me, not trying to be like somebody else. And that's true for everyone. We right. probably all recognize and think about um, a moment where we're just drawn to a, a person or their company or, or whatever. We just, we're just drawn, like we are going to work with that person. You know, eight other people may do the same thing, but you are attracted to that one person because their their authenticity, who they are, attracts you. And so we all have that power to step into our authentic selves, offering something that maybe many people around us do. And yet we will attract the people that are attracted to us, right? So good. So good. So earlier you said something, and I I think this is the phrase, but that we're not treating the cause that when you were nursing and you're feeling like they weren't treating the cause or the root of the problem, can you expand on that a little bit? For sure. Um, let's bring up fatigue, for instance. Fatigue is kind of one of those elusive things. Like, oh, I don't know, I just don't have any energy. And maybe your blood labs look normal. But we can take it a step further with really piecing together your lifestyle, your stress level, your nutrition level, your gut health. When we look at all of those pieces and maybe utilizing some lab work outside of blood work, maybe looking at stool samples to check your gut health or looking at urine samples to really look at um, your B vitamin status and your detoxability, looking at a saliva test to, and to look at your adrenal glands and how well is that um, working? How well are your sex hormones working? And then doing a thorough thyroid panel. When we look at things like that, oftentimes we can find the root cause of what's going on. So let's say you've got a lot of overgrowth of bad bacteria in your gut. That causes like systemic inflammation. So every day you're kind of walking around with this low simmering inflammation and it's exhausting. Or maybe we check and your adrenal glands just are wiped out because you've been living a really stressful life the past three years. When we can look at that, we can start to address different diet changes. We can start to talk about different lifestyle changes of maybe stress management, um, how to sleep better. We can look at maybe some supplemental support that your body really needs. And so when we can pinpoint the root cause of that, then we're not band-aiding it with, well, take a caffeine drink, drink a Red Bull at lunch. Um, oftentimes we band-aid ourselves, right? Because we want to feel good. Um, but we're not really assessing the actual root cause issue. And once we can solve that, you can move forward and, and you just, you feel much better having genuine energy versus caffeine energy or taking an ambient at night to try to sleep. So what is something that a lot of your clients, a lot of people come to you, what is the problem that they're struggling with? A lot of women, I work primarily with women. Um, a lot of them struggle with hypothyroid. A lot of them struggle with gut issues, fatigue, and feeling like they've got hormone imbalance. Their periods are wonky or they're really irritable before their periods. Um, and then lastly, I would say the most popular one is inability to lose weight. They're eating the same way as they used to, and it's just not, it's not coming off or they're, or they're gaining. Those are probably the top five that I find women in this age range, um, in our age range of kind of the forties decade before and after, um, a lot of women, there's, there's a, there's a shift. It's, um, typically a time period where there happens to be a lot more stress. And at the same time, our body is shifting. We've, um, oftentimes had children. Um, there's a hormonal shift on top of the fact that we are 
starting a new business or we are up-leveling our business. We generally have families. Um, there's just a lot more stress and hormone shifts in our body. And that can be a really confusing time. Yeah. And as you mentioned, there is a lot of stress. There's a lot going on. A lot of busy women, busy moms out there right now. What is somewhere, do you have a foundation for how they can start if they want to become more healthy? Yeah, it really, health foundations sound so unsexy and boring, right? But they're so, like, we could go over each one of them. They're just so important. And um, number one, we'll start with breathing, like just breathing. Oftentimes, you'll if you become more aware of, oh my gosh, I'm holding my breath or I'm breathing really shallow, just taking those deep breaths while you're on your computer or while you're driving, while you're sitting at a stoplight, like purposely taking more deep breaths. Um, and then when you find that you are feeling really stressed to feel that really feel it in your body, allow yourself to sit in it, take some deep breaths until it, until it disperses. So breathing is powerful. There's breath work, you know, there's, there's all sorts of apps and programs and all of that because breath work is powerful. Um, but starting by just being more aware and taking more, more deep breathing, um, also making sure that you're breathing well at night. So if sleep apnea is an issue that can really affect fatigue and weight gain and blood pressure. So if you snore, um, that's something that I would recommend getting assessed. Um, and then water hydrating a lot of women, you know, myself included, I used to get up and have my coffee. And then at lunch, I would have a tea and then maybe a soda before I quit that. And before you know it, you're like, how much water, like straight water have I actually had today? And, you know, our body needs to have proper hydration to function correctly. So even anxiety can be triggered because the brain senses that dehydration and that's a, that's a stress signal, right? Like you will die without water. And our, our, our body is very survival motivated. <laughs> so that can trigger anxiety that can trigger fatigue that can, that can trigger, um, weight gain because you can't detox properly. So I can't under, I can't overestimate the power of having water and you got to make habits like that, you know, there all the time in front of you. I love my coffee in the morning. I just I love the taste of it. And um, I have told myself, okay, well, great. You can have your coffee, but you have to have, you have to drink your full thing of 30 ounces of water while you're driving the kids to school before you get coffee. So it's kind of habit stacking to help with that one. Um, and then it's also so helpful to just start to be more mindful about what we're eating and planning a little bit for busy. And we're constantly running through fast food or we're eating packaged things all of the time. It's, it causes inflammation in our body and that can be depleting of our energy. So, you know, looking for organic whole foods. Again, these are things that we hear all the time, but you've really got to, am I actually doing these basic things? Yeah. And I think the water thing, it blows my mind. Like it's so stinking simple. And like you said, it's something we've heard from like day one, Yeah. but I will say for myself, I struggled with like chronic back pain and I never drink any water whatsoever. Like it would be in my coffee and that would be about it. And yeah. I really believe that since I started like focusing on drinking water, that that really helped my back pain. Um, I know it sounds crazy, but I think that that was a huge part of it. Yeah, it's, 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 it is. The foundations are not sexy answers. But then when you really assess what you've been hearing your whole life, you're like, I'm actually not even doing that. <laughs> um, 
So yeah. And then things like getting enough sleep. We tell our kids, get, get, you got to go to bed. You got to get sleep. And yet we don't do it. We stay in bed. We are looking at our phone until midnight. You know, we're scrambling around, but sleep is where we have the pushes of hormones. That's how we have repair. That's um, we decrease inflammation. So it's super important to prioritize sleep and to have a good sleep hygiene routine at night can be, can make all the difference. Um, again, going back to breathing, I recommend doing, um, for my clients who have a difficult time falling asleep, um, or if they wake up in the middle of the night and their brain is kind of spinning outside of some supplemental use. Um, I would recommend box breathing where you breathe in for a count of four, you hold that for four, then you breathe out for four and you hold it at the bottom for four and repeating that four or five times, because not only physiologically does that slow you down, it also is giving you something other than tomorrow's stress to focus on. You're focusing on breath, right? So um, doing some acts before bedtime, having a good calming routine to help you get to sleep and then prioritizing. Most people need at least seven hours and making that a non-negotiable in your life can really be helpful. So you mentioned the habit or earlier you mentioned habit stacking. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely a fan of that, but for the people who haven't heard about it, can you explain a little bit how to do that? Yeah. Habit stacking is from, I, I learned it from the Atomic Habits book, which is amazing if you're wanting so to change any habits in your life. Um, but the way he describes it, and it's true, habit stacking is literally just stacking a, a new habit that you want to create on something you already have. So, so my example is I drink coffee every morning. Uh, well, if I need to remind myself to drink water, then my goal is now, oh, I want coffee. Great. I get it after I drink my water. Another habit stack would be, I love to listen to podcasts. Okay. Well, every time I want to listen to my podcasts, I'm going on a walk because your new habit that you're wanting to ingrain is to take a walk every day. So that's, it's just stacking a new habit onto something that you already enjoy and already do so that it's, it serves as a reminder and it kind of stacks them on each other. So it's easier to stick to. And I think it can be motivational too. Like if you, like you said, if you don't want to drink water, but you want right. that dang coffee, yeah. <laughs> it'll yeah. you to actually do the thing that was hard to do. Exactly. Like, um, it's, you know, something that you enjoy. I, I enjoy my podcast. Don't necessarily like to go on walks. Okay, great. Well, my, 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 uh, reward. So stack it with the reward is that I get to listen to my podcast or my new playlist on my, you know, whatever it is. Um, I used to do that with running too. Part of my drive to go on a five mile run was like, oh, I just made a new list of music that I'm excited to listen to. And so it draws us in to stick to our new habits that we want to create. Yeah. It's like, I think we just think like motivation is supposed to come so easy or be so natural, or some people just have motivation, but sometimes it's just like those small tips or tricks that can get you through it. Yep. It's true. And we're creatures of habit. We don't like to switch and change and we like to do the same thing, which is why becoming a badass is also, it's difficult because you're oftentimes stepping into new territory, something that your, that your mind really doesn't want to do because it's, it's viewed as unsafe because it's not the routine. It's not regular. It's not known. And so we avoid new things or scary things. Um, naturally we all do. So it's creating little tricks like that to get your mind on board. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so I know sometimes the perception of a badass is somebody that's a hard ass, somebody that's tough, somebody that will just like work hard and go for it no matter what all the time, but that's not always healthy. And that can lead to burnout and stress. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like how to deal with burnout? 
Yeah, it's important to, I think, in any any stage of this is to really learn to love yourself. That is foundational to it. You will become a better boss, a better CEO, a better badass if you are confident in yourself and you're not um, treating others or yourself in a way that is um, that's detrimental, right? So when you really love yourself, you don't have to prove anything to other people in a sense that puts them down. It builds them up as well, right? You want, you kind of want people on your same level of like, we're all um, lovable creatures. And the same is when it comes to dealing with your own self and knowing, setting up boundaries, I, I would say is the first step in that of, well, first of all, is learning to really love yourself, like genuinely um, love and honor yourself. And the other thing is boundaries. So some of us who are, you know, on the badassery path tend to be workaholics, tend to go, 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 go. And if you know that that's, it's just exhausting and you're kind of losing your, your passion for it because you're just driven by this. You don't even know what you're just constantly driven to work, asking yourself why, like, do I find my worth in my work? because you're worthy whether or not you work, right? And so sometimes it's getting to the root, again, root cause is my passion, but to the root of why I'm pushing myself so hard. Is it because I'm afraid to delegate? Why, why am I afraid to delegate? Why do I feel like I have to do all of it? And so some of it's questioning that, right? Now, if you're already feeling like, okay, I'm really burnt out, I'm starting to set up boundaries, but I'm exhausted. Um, again, going back to the foundations, making sure all those foundations are right so that your body feels supported. Because if we've gone years with just go, 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 and we're, we're constantly telling those adrenal glands to push out cortisol because our brain again is very, um, it's very basic. (laughs) Our brain views a threat the same, no matter if it's a death threat or it's a, I'm in traffic and I'm late to a meeting threat. Like it's all the same, sends the same signals to our body. And our body is meant to have those alerts and be stressed out and then to have, go into the parasympathetic mode where you rest, digest, calm down. But if we never really get there over time, that biofeedback can kind of be dampened. And the adrenals get the signal like, hmm, maybe I don't need to be putting out all of this cortisol. And that's where you hear that adrenal burnout, the adrenal fatigue, the adrenals themselves still work. It's just, they're not putting out that cortisol in the same way. And that can be really exhausting. You can feel tired all day. And if you feel like you're at that point, um, some support around like a supplemental support can be helpful. I love ashwagandha. Um, it helps to nourish the adrenals. Um, and then really setting up those boundaries, getting sleep, nourishing your body, not doing hit exercise, um, you know, starting to switch up maybe your exercise routine, because that's also a stressor on the adrenals. And so when I, when I have clients with burnout, a lot of it's around lifestyle changes and really come to terms with how we got here in the first place and how we move forward in loving ourselves, doing the thing that we're passionate about, but with boundaries. So I think sometimes we can figure out how we got there in the first place, or we can ask ourselves the questions like, what is behind this? Am I putting my worth into my work or, you know, ask self the questions, but then the next step seems very intimidating and very hard, or sometimes even just unknown. What would you say to that? The boundaries? Um, just as far as taking the next step, like you're asking yourself for work, like what is, why am I heading towards burnout? Why am I... Yeah 
feeling like I need to work all the time. So you can recognize it, but then the next step sometimes seems unclear. What, yeah. What do I do at this point? Yeah. And I think if you're totally new, I mean, the first step of any change is awareness. Um, and then the second step is, um, is acceptance. Like, wow, that really is me. Um, that really is me. Like I find a lot of my worth. I find, I like to use the Enneagram personality test. I think it'd be really beneficial. Um, I, I like to use Enneagram with my clients. Um, but if you have another personality test that, that you're familiar with, I would, I would encourage to take it because it really helps you become less judgmental and like, Oh, this is, this is who I am. This is. And oftentimes when we look back in our life, Maybe we were praised as a child for our accomplishments. And that's the way we felt love. I know for me, um, I, I really felt that, wow, like I was driven by, I want to please my parents. I want to make straight A's. I want to be the best. I want to do the thing. And in turn, I will get love. Now that's not necessarily true. My parents would have loved me anyway, but as a child, I perceived it that way. And so as children, even if we're in a healthy environment, sometimes we create misunderstandings. We believe a certain way and that, you know, we're just walking around as older children, to be honest, if we've never really done inner child work, you're still operating out of that same innocent drive. And so it's powerful to understand that about yourself. And so becoming aware is the first step. And then the second one would be to accept it. Like, yeah, this is, this is what I do. And I'm, I'm willing to do the work to change it. And then the final step of that is just action, taking action. Okay, great. I'm going to accept myself, even though I'm cutting myself off at eight hours today, because my, my existence is more than just this. I don't have to have work, 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 or I can trust other people and I can delegate these jobs. And so it's kind of following that, that awareness um, and then the acceptance and then action. Like what action am I going to take to now create something different for my life. Yeah. And I know for me, there was a long time in my life where I thought that I had to be tough and I had to do it on my own without like any help from anybody and figure it all out. But it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not the expert at every little thing, you know, (laughs) like I'm not the expert at fatigue or adrenal glands or anything like that. So that would be a place where I would think it would be useful for somebody to go to you or somebody that's an expert and whatever they're looking to find answers to or to, um, what do you see as the benefit to having a mentor, having a coach, having somebody who can help you along the way? Priceless. (laughs) Um, we don't know what we don't know. And oftentimes we're really blinded to our own self because we just, we just are doing our routine, you know, like when you walk in your house, you don't know the smell of your house anymore, but somebody else does. Um, similarly, we don't see sometimes our own power. We don't see sometimes what's holding ourselves back. Um, I believe that if you want to reach new levels in your health, um, or muscle growth, hire a physical trainer. If you are really like, I don't know what it is, but I constantly need to burn my, I burn myself out and I don't know why, or I literally just feel so anxious if I go on vacation and, and I stop my business or whatever I'm working on. Um, I, you know, coaches and mentors are so helpful in that. And then also we don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, what you're talking about being a lone wolf where you're like, I got to do everything on my own. I got to figure this out. Well, guess what? Somebody has gone ahead of you most likely and figured a part of what you're struggling with. They already know. 
They already have, they've already figured out what's, what works, what doesn't work. And so making your life easier by stepping into that, that was where I started. Honestly, I had a mentor who had an online, um, health operation. And I was like, okay, I'm going to learn from her. I want to know her systems. I want to learn what platform she uses, uh, what lab work, what labs she trusts, you know, all of those things. Because I could sit there and spend a year investigating it myself, or I could hire somebody to make my life way easier. Get me, get me on the, on the ball, making money, serving people much quicker. Right. And so it is, it's learning like, okay, I don't have to do this all on my own and money is energy, right? So paying somebody else, putting that energy towards it oftentimes is like the fire under your butt to get moving. Like, great. I'm going to learn from you. And I'm so motivated now to take it to the next level with support. And I feel supported. Yeah. And I really like the point, like, okay, with help, with a mentor, you know, you can go quicker, further, faster, whatever, um, and get to the point so much easier. It doesn't have to be so stressful or so hard on yourself. Absolutely. It's kind of like in, in the body world, it's the enzyme, right? It makes transactions happen. It makes, it makes things happen quicker and it doesn't have to be such a struggle. I believe that progress gets to be easy. And I know that's a hard thing to swallow. Like we almost want things to be hard. We almost feel like, well, if it's not hard, did I really do it? Did I? And, and that, I don't think that that's our truth. We, it doesn't have to be our truth. A lot of what we want gets to be really easy. We get to flow into the area that we want to serve the world in. We get to get there easily because, um, yeah, uh, greatness doesn't have to be insanely hard at all. My apologies. For some reason, my Roomba kicked on, so I keep hearing it loud in the background. So I hope it's not being too crazy, but I can't hear it. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, No, I absolutely, I love that. I think it's so important. Um, And kind of taking this to another, pivoting a little bit, um, talking about badasses, about high achievers. We often, yeah, we want to get a lot done. We want to, you know, get to the highest point possible and do the best. And kind of like you talked about earlier, the perfectionism level. Um, But then we also have that inner critic. We have that side that like is going to criticize every single thing that we do. What do you say to that? Or what do you do to combat that? So I'm well acquainted with my inner critic so much so that I I gave her a name. Her name is Tabitha. (laughs) And here's how I work with Tabitha. She is innocent and she's just trying to keep me safe, right? That's, that's her only job. Um, she wants me to be perfect because she doesn't want me to be um, embarrassed or feel like a failure. And so she comes up when there's something new. Uh, I don't know if this is good enough. I don't know if this is great. And it's really an innocent response coming up. And I think if we start to view that and we view our inner critic with less judgment and honestly talk to our inner critic, thank you. Thank you for trying to keep me safe. And we are safe. We are safe. And we're going to move forward in this, in our power, because it's okay. Right? And so it's it's a shift of, instead of judging it like, why didn't I do this right? And it's scrap it, tear it up, throw it in the trash. We're not doing this. That doesn't serve anybody. It frustrates you and it doesn't serve your audience. It doesn't serve who you're trying to serve. 
And so really tapping into, again, starting with awareness and becoming aware of those two parts of you, because we all have different parts of us. And we can, if we really sit with ourselves, we can, we know we've got one that's carefree and one that's like, "Mm, don't do that. Um, And so tapping into your inner Tabitha, (laughs) the one that's the inner critic that's telling you you're not good enough. She's innocent. She's just trying to keep you safe. And when you acknowledge her and you acknowledge that part of yourself and say, I get you, I hear you. And it's okay. We're going to move forward anyway. You kind of feel that stress release in your body and you, you could step in more fully into what you're doing because you can do it. You can do the hard things and messy action. You'll only learn from, right? So acknowledging your feelings, acknowledging your emotions in your body and what's going on as compared to like, oh, you're fine. Like you, you're better. You can get over this. Or why are you reacting that way? Um, right. And what does, what is the benefit of that? The benefit of that is any emotion that comes up, like any inner criticism, any, any part of us that, that comes up is just looking to be acknowledged, seen and heard. Um, and again, a lot of it starts as children, whether or not you were in an abusive family or perfectly loving family, we all have our own perceptions as a child. Obviously there's varying degrees to that, right. Depending on how you grew up, but even in the best home, you're going to perceive things differently you are going to be afraid. Um, you're going to be embarrassed on the playground. Um, you know, these things that we learn early on grow with us. And so instead of, again, shushing her, stop it, <clears throat> you know, just like a child would be heartbroken, like, oh, they're going to cry again. They're going to ask you again. They're going to tap on your shoulder again. And our inner person, our inner child really is going to keep doing that until you really sit down and say, I don't judge you. I hear you. It's okay. We're safe now. This is not, you know, we, we, you're the adult now, right? And you can adult that inner kind of innocent coming up. And so it really, again, is just becoming more aware of her and, and not judgmental. And that oftentimes will allow you to move through it with more grace and not feel so stressed out about the next level that you're going to, um, won't be so stressed out about presenting because you're kind of standing up into your badassery, right? And you're calming that part of you that says we're not good enough because you are. So do you have a practice of how you implement this or when you implement this? Can it be done in the middle of a work day? Like when do you do it? Anytime. And I think at the beginning, it takes a bit more time. Um, because if you, if you don't have a relationship with that side of you, or you always kind of pushed it down or you're not even aware that it's coming up, it's just like, I don't know why I'm so irritable today. Um, or I just feel so depressed about this. Like, I'm going to give up. Right. I mean, that roller coaster is real for anybody who's an entrepreneur, anybody trying to reach a new level in their life. Some days you're going to feel easy peasy, amazing. You're on top of the world. And then other days feel like total crap where you're like, is this even a good idea? Um, So for me at the beginning, yeah, it's a lot of that um, finding mentors that can support you in this process. I find, uh, yeah, it's well worth the investment in mentorships that can help you with that. And I I also incorporate a lot of this work in my one-on-one containers because I find it so important if people want to have better physical health, we are connected mind, body, spirit, right? We've got to address some of these issues that are causing physical stress on our body because of the way that we think or the way that we judge our own self. Um, So at the beginning, it's a lot of just awareness. And then for me, it's just kind of, as it comes up, up, it's there again. I can feel it. Like it'll feel tight in my chest or tight in my stomach um, or, 
yeah, physically can feel something and then just allowing it, breathing into it until it kind of dissipates and like, we're going to move forward. Which I think sometimes we have this perception, like our health or weight is one category, our relationships are something different, um, spirituality, they're all in different containers, but I think that they're actually very meshed together. And do you address that at all in your practice and the work that you do, like the different areas of their life? A hundred percent. And you know, the the easiest way that any of us can think about this is think about um, sex. Think about when you think about somebody, it affects your body, right? Even if nobody's there, even if nothing is happening. So that, that is a really, um, as adults, we can all relate to that, right? So imagine that in all areas, imagine that in stress, it's causing a physical change in your body by the thoughts that you're thinking. And so we are so connected in that way that you can't really address, if you want long-term change, you can't really address um, gut health or adrenal issues without also thinking like, how are you thinking? How are you thinking about yourself when you make food choices? How are you thinking about uh, how stressed out are you when you're trying to eat? And then you can't produce good stomach acid because your body's in that fight or flight mode. So it's all connected and hundred percent, I integrate that in because I, we are, we are very connected beings, right? We're not, we're not just one category for sure. They're all connected. So I know that we're winding down here, but there's something I got to ask you about. We talked about it slightly before we started um, the podcast, but it's about being your own advocate for health. And I think that people don't realize, they think the doctors have all the answers Um, And they don't realize that sometimes they have to be their own advocate. Can you talk a little bit about that and how people can be their own advocate? Yes. Um, And, you know, as I mentioned to you before the call, we can't, when I talk about root cause and, you know, really um, veering away ultimately, hopefully from most medications outside of an acute situation, we can't, it's very difficult to fight something like big pharma where they make a lot of money on us being sick. Um, also very hard to change the Western training that takes years to change a policy on guidelines, years of research, years of all that. Um, but what we can do is, and this is where my voice comes in and my passion is that we can talk with individuals and let them know, Hey, there's another way you don't have to take, you're getting older as a valid answer. You don't have to take a simple, very, very simplified blood lab that happens to be in the norm, which by the way, those norms are taken from the average person in that age range, which if you're talking about kind of unhealthy Americans, like how, how well those ranges you're in the, you're in the range. And, um, that's not true. Your symptoms are a sign and I'm passionate about saying, okay, you have a symptom. That is a sign that we're going to address. We're not just going to sweep it under the rug and say, you know, just eat better. Well, you need guidance on what to eat and you need guidance on how to change lifestyle. Right. And so, um, so yeah, that, that is where I see getting to root cause, getting to making a change in the way we view our health. When you are empowered and you understand how your body works, when you understand how something is not working, then you're empowered to go forward and say, uh-uh, this is not right. Like I have different data here. I have different, um, I have a different mentor. I have a different resource now that's going to help me get there. But until you understand that there is another way, we just think that that's, that's it. You know, we have to walk 
away, get in our car and be like, well, I guess I'm just tired. I'm just going to be tired. (laughs) And that's not, that does not have to be your reality. And so I want women to really get that you get to understand your body. You get to understand your menstrual cycle. How many of us have been having a period for 30 years and we don't even understand the cyclical and that it's natural to work out, you know, with that, with more fatigue the last week of of our cycle. Um, it's natural to be, maybe you need to sleep in the last week. And, you know, I, myself, before I truly understood it would beat myself up. Like, Oh, why is it so hard to get stuff done when you're aware, like where you are in your cycle, you're just empowered in your health and you give yourself a lot more grace. And so, um, teaching women about their body and the fact that they get to feel good is, is everything to me. Yes, absolutely. Oh, to beers. Listen to what Krista said. If your body, if your intuition is saying, uh, uh, something's not right here, then maybe look for a second opinion, look for someone else or start doing your own digging or your own research. Cause there's hope out there. There absolutely is. Yes. So Krista, um, now I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, let's end with a tip to encourage women who are in the arena fighting for the life they want. You can do it. You have, there is nobody on this planet that is more or less worthy, right? Like we're all born with unique gifts. We're all here for a purpose. Um, we're all here with equal worth and live the life, living the life that you want is the greatest amount of self-love you can give yourself. And so I would just encourage you to embrace your inner critic, love on her and keep pushing through. You can do this. We need you. We need what you have to offer. And how can we connect with you? I am most active on my social media accounts. Instagram is um, at Krista Elza, all one word. And it's the same on Facebook. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, I do have a website. It's elive-health.com. But again, social media is really where you can connect with me the quickest. Thank you so much. You have been a total badass and I've enjoyed hearing your story. Thanks, Marie. And with that, we'll end our show. To all the badass women out there staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, OrdinaryToBadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future spotlight episode of the show. That's OrdinaryToBadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt and get back in the arena.